very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Growing Dentist Podcast Show. You are with Narain, your host. Today, I'm super excited to have Kent Kent Miller with me. He's the founder of Dentagraphics.com. Kent, welcome. Thank you, Noreen. Um, glad to be here. Kent, um, for those of us um, who don't know you just yet, tell us a little bit about your background, where you came from, um, and why did you start this business, uh, helping dentists figure out where to open their first location? Sure. My background um, is in economic development. Um, I received a master's degree in city and regional planning, um, and I previously worked in the public sector before Dentographics, uh, helping to identify unmet need for um, business demands um, in the public sector. So, for instance, if a city were to come to the nonprofit um, where I was working and say um, that we've got this area with too many vacancies, uh, we want to encourage businesses to move in here, but we don't know what can be supported. Um, let's uh, figure out what kind of demand is in the area. Maybe it's a hardware store. Uh, maybe it's an ice cream shop. Um, and then uh, once we figure out what's missing, we can either um, try to influence policy to encourage businesses to move into those areas, uh, or we can start um, programs which might market those types of businesses. Um, I've been in the dental industry now uh, for about four years. Tell me um, how you did. How did you get into dentistry, or why did you pick dentistry? Um, so, like I said, I started in the more generalized economic development um, without a particular specialization um, and really knowing what makes um, an ice cream shop work as well uh, or, or a hardware shop work as well as um, I do a dental practice these days. Um, so uh, the reason that I originally was able to get into dental, um, funny enough, I, I had a friend who was working in the dental industry um, and knew what my background was, um, and that I wanted to um, move a little further towards towards specialization, um, and so he encouraged me to do so, and um, I did. And uh, four years later, here we are. Right. Let's talk about the art and science of demographics and uh, how to dissect it and uh, how to look at it. Uh, you come from the economic development background, so you've been thinking about this for a long time. Um, can you kind of uh, pretend like, uh, you know, I'm a dummy, I'm a 10-year-old, I, I don't know a lot about any of this. Kind of, can you kind of explain to me um, why is this important, step one, and then how to go about figuring this stuff out? In other words, like, you know, how do you think about demographics? How do you think about demographics? in the context of a dental practice? Sure. So um, starting a dental practice um, is a big endeavor for um, 
anyone, whether it's a, a small um, startup and it's your first practice, uh, or even if it's if it's um, a DSO or a mid-sized regional chain, um, they, they aren't decisions that are taken lightly, um, particularly for the smaller guys. The consequences um, are of making a mistake uh, or hitting a home run are much higher than they might be um, for a larger DSL. So uh, why I think that demographics and, and we also look at competition are particularly important um, for the small dentist um, is that we can help ensure that the investment that the doctor is making um, is done wisely and that we're opening a practice in an area um, where there is unmet demand for a practice um, compared to an area where there's a lot more competition uh, and some of the practices in that area are already struggling perhaps. Right. Um, I mean, does and, it and, what type of a practice you have? Does it matter what type of, like, I mean, um, you know, I, I work with quite a few dentists all across the country and they have all kinds of practices. So, uh, how do you figure out what location is good for what kind of a practice? Sure. And, and I think that um, specialization within dentistry, um, that's something that we see across all types of businesses. So the example I, I love to bring up all the time um, is ice cream shops. Um, and you can think of a, a high-end frozen yogurt type place um, where you walk out and your bill might be $10. Uh, or you can think of uh, a place where you can just go and get um, a, a quick cone for $2. Um, and those types of shops have different target patient bases, or in their case, um, target uh, bases of potential customers. Um, and, and dentistry is no different. So um, the way that we're looking at um, each area is off of a baseline of industry standards uh, so we would like to see certain levels of population density as well as income um, in any given market. Uh, but then we modify to each doctor's practice strategy. So if the doctor wants to treat only high-end cosmetic patients uh, in an area where a median household income is $60,000 a year and in a relatively small market uh, or sub-market, I should say, uh, and the median household income around them, uh, for instance, is $45,000 a year. Um, that's sort of an obvious case uh, where that's probably not a good fit for that particular practice strategy. Uh, it, it does, of course, get more fine-tuned than that, um, whether it's income, whether it's household size, which would indicate the number of children in an area, uh, age of residents. Uh, there's all kinds of factors that we can look into um, to help determine how close of a match uh, a given or, or residents in a given area are with um, a general or, or any kind of practice strategy, and even to a certain degree, um, types of services offered uh, that might be more common for one particular age group or income bracket. Right. Can you give us some examples? Let's talk about a young guy who decides to buy a practice. Tell me a story, like who did you help recently? 
Sure. Um, so for a doctor looking, um, let me try and think of a particular a specific scenario. Okay. So, um, we recently worked with a doctor and, and I won't say where, um, but we recently worked with a doctor who was looking to locate a practice, um, in an area with an older population. Um, it wasn't growing very much. There was a little bit of growth, um, but not a whole lot. And he wanted to know how close of, um, a match with his practice strategy were residents and how's the level of competition. Um, so we identified that uh, the level of competition was actually fairly high. Um, if you're looking quantitatively at the number of people who live in the area and the number of practices. Uh, but when we took a closer look, we determined that a lot of the doctors in that area, as were the residents, um, were older than average. Few of them had practice, or few of them had websites. Uh, few of them were marketing, uh, really at all online. Um, and we helped him determine that even though, uh, on first glance, um, the area might seem fairly competitive, um, and it wasn't necessarily a perfect match with the, uh, original patient base that he was looking for, um, that it was fairly close. He was looking to purchase the practice, um, and he had a good deal on it, so that helped. Uh, and then to know that um, the other doctors in the area are um, probably winding down, there may be some consolidation in the market as they age further, um, that really helped him to see his tangible steps for how to market himself today, but also um, what steps he might be taking in the future um, as far as acquiring other practices uh, or at least monitoring other practices in the area um, as there were already quite a few, uh, even though they were of a smaller size. Right. Um, can you talk about um, an established dentist um, who decides to move because he needs more space? Give me some examples or stories along those lines? Sure. Um, so a doctor, um, part of what we'll, we'll help them do, and, and I'm thinking of one situation here in particular, um, is determine if they are um, opening a location that uh, is, if they're opening a second location, if it's too close to their existing practice, uh, and they'll be cannibalizing their first practice. Um, or uh, secondly, if, they're, if they want to move their practice, uh, if they risk losing too many of their patients. Um, so we recently helped a uh, specialty group, um, a large group with practices all over their city. Um, and what they wanted to know was um, between a couple of other submarkets that they had identified, um, which of these areas is not only the most opportune, um, but also to consider where their existing practices were uh, and how there may be potential cannibalization um, among their practices uh, within those various options. Um, so we help them narrow from 
four markets down to one. Um, and, and they're proceeding with that location um, right now. Right. What are some of the, like you've been doing this for four years. Have you kept in touch with some of your clients after they, you know, chose the location with your help and then built it out and then grew their practice? Yeah, so we do keep in touch with a number of our clients. Um, we don't necessarily track their success. There's a lot of other variables that go into um, the success of a practice. Um, and, of course, in some cases, there are um, doctors who uh, know that they want to go into a certain market. Um, and what they want from us is just a read on um, the opportunity level. And even if we say it's the most competitive market ever, um, they still know they want to go into that market. Maybe it's their hometown. Um, maybe they have some kind of other tie to that area. Uh, or perhaps they've even already um, purchased the practice and they've been practicing there for only a few months now and they noticed it was relatively competitive. Um, so we don't quantitatively track our uh, clients um, but we do have quite a few repeat customers um, who after a few years have come back to us um, and said, give me exactly what you found the first time um, because that was exactly what I was looking for as far as who lives there um, and there was practically no competition and that practice is doing so well, I'd like to open a second one. Right, right. Um, you know, listening to you, this is not a simple decision, right? Because they're going to spend $200,000, you know, let's say give or take maybe minimum. Plus they're going to not make any lot of money for a long time, right? Because they're building it out from scratch. So it's a big, big decision. And, and that's happening on top of the half a million dollar loan they currently have for student loan and so forth. So this is a mm -hmm. big deal for a lot of people, right? And uh, there are a lot of variables that go into this. Like you said, demographics is one piece of it, marketing, the competition, uh, you know, how long they have been there and, uh, you know, all those variables, you know, what kind of practice you are trying to build and, you know, uh, how good are you as, a, as a, a person being able to take care of patients and, what kind of team do you have? I mean, there's so many things that go into this for it to work out. Um, you know, let's say you have one or two, but you don't have the others, you still could fail or you could still be mm -hmm. less successful compared to, uh, you know, um, do, do you find that, I'm sure you find it very fascinating because you come from an economic development background because you understand it's not just about one thing, it's about a lot of these things working together, making somebody successful. Um, what are some of the questions that people tend to want to answer? Like, do they ask questions like, if I open a practice here, how much money can I make or how much can I, you know, what, what would my monthly collections be in three years? Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, what do I need to do to make it happen? Like you mentioned, you kind of alluded to this example where, you know, there are three other dentists, but uh, maybe they're not good at marketing. Maybe, uh, you know, um, all of those issues, right? Um, um, but there are a lot of things they don't know, right? Like what's the relationship with the, those patients and those practices that are already mm -hmm. there? Those patients have been using that practice for five years. 
they're not going to switch, you know, unless that person mm-hmm. dies or retires, right? They have no reason to. Uh, sure. I mean, I'm just curious, like, because you probably have talked to hundreds and hundreds of dentists. So I'm sure you, you kind of know some of the things that keeps them up at night, some of the things they're thinking about. Uh, so I'm just thinking, what are some of the typical things that worries them? Like w- when they're thinking about this, like what are some of the things that concerns them? I mean, beyond demographics in general, when they're thinking about mm. you know, creating a st- startup practice. Um, are you referring to the other variables that we talked about? Yeah, or? yeah I mean, in general, okay. all the different variables that, you know, worry them mm-hmm. and they're thinking about. Sure. Um, I think the, the common ones are um, insurance plans in the area and um, what kinds of plans they should be accepting, what kinds of plans are um, their competitors accepting. Um, people might also, in, in some cases, they're, and it depends from market to market um, whether this is an issue or not, but um, they're concerned about growth in the area. Um, and particularly in smaller markets uh, or shrinking markets, um, what might those areas look like in 10 to 15 to 20 years, um, which is the reality of how long uh, their practices are likely in these locations. Um, So if you're in a small market and a major employer, um, a a factory or something closes down, um, then that could be a big hit on um, the local economy and, and ultimately the number of people who live in that area. Um, if you're in a shrinking area, um, will income decline as people seek jobs elsewhere um, and leave your region? Um, I think the other common questions are, um, and this is sort of more in the demographics section, but um, how does this area compare to uh, something on the other side of the country? Um, so in, uh, if I'm looking at a site in California and I found 1,800 residents um, per dental office, is that good? Is that good for California? What about the whole country? Um, yeah, I think those are the most common questions uh, that I can think of. Right. Do they um, worry about the business side of it? You know, how much am I going to be investing? How long it's going to take for me to make money? Uh, you know, what are my critical success factors? Um, they do. We don't get those questions as often. Um, from time to time, we will get asked uh, about um, how much money they might be able to make or loan repayment. Um, but as we were speaking about earlier, there's just so many variables that go into the success of a practice um, that it makes it hard to, um, from market analysis, um, be able to make um, predictions with just that amount of data. Um, If they're looking, for instance, to purchase a practice, um, what kinds of services are being offered by the current doctor um, and what kinds of services do they plan to offer? Um, so if they don't plan to offer all of the services, uh, for instance, crowns would be a big one. If the current doctor does a lot of work with crowns, um, and the new doctor doesn't like to do crowns at all, um, that could have a huge impact on the revenues in that practice, um, and and further 
of course, you can see any example with whether it's Invisalign or, or traditional braces. Um, usually, we see that the younger doctors are offering um, more services than the older doctors who are less specialized. Um, the market's a little more competitive now, so everybody kind of wants to offer as much as they can. Um, but it's always something to consider uh, when you're looking at a, a practice. Right. And um, you said you, you kind of talked to or help approximately 50 people open up new locations a month. Is that correct? Yeah, we're about 50 a month. 50 a month. So can you give me a breakdown of um, these 50 people? Like how many of them are, you know, startup brand new doctor, you know, who's trying to open up their first location versus how many are like looking to move uh, from one location to the other, etc. Yeah, um, the majority, um, certainly not all, but the majority are new doctors looking to start up. Um, that's probably about uh, 60 to, to 70%. Um, the remainder are um, doctors who are either looking to purchase a practice, and, and that's probably the majority of um, that second half of uh, doctors that we work with. Um, and then we do work with a smaller number of doctors who are looking to relocate their practice uh, or um, start a second practice. Um, the majority of activity, though, is, is in startups for us. So 60 to 70% startups, people looking to buy a practice, what percentage is that? Give or take? Uh, it's probably in the, the 20% range, 25. Okay. And then uh, the other 10 or 15 is either relocating or opening, buying or opening a second location. Correct. What percentage is the smallest, the people who are opening a second location? I'm sorry, say that again? The people who are opening a second location, is that the smallest group of the, all the four groups? Actually, I would say relocating is the smallest. Oh, relocating is the smallest. Okay. Right. Relocating, they're relocating because they need more space, right? Yeah, they need more space or something changed about um, their property. Maybe it was the lease change, a new landlord moved in and wants to increase rent uh, or is breaking leases um, or something happened with the property. Um, the most, well, the, the one that's probably easiest to think of, yes, is that they want more space. Um, but a lot of times it's not that easy to get out of a lease that they might've signed um, five or 10 years ago, uh, which makes doing it right the first time all that more important. Right, right. And these dentists um, who are looking to start a new practice, in addition to using someone like you, who else do they typically end up talking to or working with? Mm -hmm. um, so for a startup, they'll need to work with a real estate agent. Um, so that's kind of the second half of locating your practice. Um, our, well, our analysis looks at market trends um, and competition. Um, ultimately you need to see the property on the ground, 
um, and what's being built in the area, particularly in a high growth market, um, what the visibility on those properties is, what kinds of businesses it's next to, um, and things that you can really only experience um, in person. Um, beyond the uh, real estate side, um, they're also looking uh, for financing. Um, as you mentioned, a lot of them already have existing debt. Um, and, and most doctors aren't paying for these practices out of pocket. Um, so the vast majority are talking to um, banks of, uh, or lenders of some sort. Um, and, and then everything else from equipment um, to marketing, um, there's quite a few uh, different steps involved. Um, but those are the closest to our process. Right, right. Um, tell me about what are the deliverables? So uh, you mentioned a few before we got started. So can you tell me, like, if I were to come and use your services, what are the different services or products you provide and what exactly would I get? Sure. So we offer three reports that are designed to reflect the typical search process. Um, step one of that process would be a doctor who says, um, I live in this city, whether it's Austin, Texas, or Columbus, Ohio, or Seattle, Washington. And I want to know where within a 20 to 25 minute drive of my house, and we can customize um, how large of an area we're looking at. Uh, but typically, it's about 20 to 25 minutes. Um, where should I direct my real estate agent? Might this suburb be good? Might that suburb be good? Hey, I heard they're putting in a new grocery store over there. Would that be a good area? Um, so the area analysis, the goal of that report is to take all those submarkets um, and compare them as far as uh, the level of demand, the match with the target patient base, um, and the level of competition in the area in order to make recommendations um, as to where you should be uh, looking for property. Uh, that report is $599. We hand verify for all of our reports um, competing practices in the area. Uh, we compile several databases into one, which you then have a team of researchers um, go through and verify that those practices are at the correct location um, that we have in our database uh, and that they are within the correct specialty as well. So if we're looking for a general dentist, we're not providing lists of endodontists or anything like that, only um, true competing practices. Um, secondly, the multi-site comparison is, um, that's the next step. And that report is using the same variables that we look at in the area analysis um, in order to determine uh, where within a given list of locations. Typically, it's properties. It could be sub-markets. Um, and when I say sub-markets, I mean a suburban community um, or, or a neighborhood, not necessarily um, a city uh, like Seattle um, or, or Tacoma. Uh, but a, a smaller market like Kirkland, Washington would work. Um, the, and so we're taking that same data, uh, the same competition methodology uh, in order to compare those various markets 
uh, and rank them against each other, providing analysis uh, for at, at least the top five markets um, and uh, an overall conclusion as to which we think are opportune and, and which are not. Um, and that report is only $49 per location. Lastly is the single site study. Um, that's our most in-depth look at one specific site. Um, so if you found a, a practice either for sale uh, or a potential startup location at 123 Main Street, um, and you want to know everything about the market in that area, uh, we analyze three different scales. Um, so perhaps it's two, three, and five miles in some cases, and others it might be five, 10, and 15. Um, we make that determination every time based off of population density in the area. So how far are people willing to travel? Um, in New York, that's not very far. In Nebraska, it's much further. Um, and then uh, we're also uh, providing analysis uh, for each of those scales. The information is more detailed. Um, so we're segmenting income, we're segmenting age uh, to give you the number of households, uh, for instance, within each income bracket, number of residents within each age group, um, and, and providing a list of competitors, uh, who they are, how far from the practice they're located, uh, how they market online, um, and of course, their info like their address and their phone number. Um, and then lastly, an overall conclusion as to uh, how strong we think that the opportunity at that location is and what the major pros and cons um, of the market are. So the third report, what do you call it? The single site study, and that's 349. And uh, typically of your 50 clients, is that the most popular one or the first one is the most popular? Um, probably the, the single site study, it's close though. Probably varies from month to month, but um, the single site study is probably slightly more popular. Got it. Because at this point, they have picked a location. They want to know. Uh, and you said you also evaluate the marketing of that practice and so forth, right? Yes. So we'll look at, um, we'll evaluate the digital marketing um, presence in the area. So do the other practices have re online reviews? How many do they have? How strong they are? Um, do they have a Facebook page and how many likes do they have? Um, and, and a couple of other inputs, uh, Twitter followers, for instance, uh, to determine um, how aggressive these practices are, their general character, um, and then next steps, what might be a, a good marketing strategy in that area. Um, and that sort of starts to leave our expertise, uh, but we think it's a nice handoff for um, the, the next steps of the process. So, so the next steps in terms of marketing strategies, you mean you might recommend online marketing or you might recommend print, etc. Well, we, we don't analyze data in the digital, uh, or I'm sorry, in the, in the print realm, um, only digital. Um, but what we would look at is, um, first, we're using this info to look at the character of the competing practices. So as I mentioned before, um, we were working with a doctor who on paper, it looked like had a lot of competition. Um, but when we looked at who those competitors were, uh, we saw that they were older than average. They didn't really market very much. Um, there were quite a few that didn't have websites even. Um, so those were 
pieces of information that helped us um, make a better determination than just two numbers on a piece of paper. Um, when we're looking at these marketing strategies, we're doing it both for um, that perspective, um, but then also uh, to help survey what the other practices in the area are doing um, and, and making general recommendations as to what stands out to us. Um, but we don't want to um, sell ourselves as marketing experts um, in the way that you might be able to help um, or, or that um, somebody with a, a more extensive background in the marketing um, sector could do. Absolutely, Kent. Um, any, anything you could offer or anything you can uh, share with our clients, uh, I mean, share with our listeners, uh, meaning who are, who are going to be listening to the podcast or are going to be watching the videos? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um, generally there's a, a lot of opportunity out there still. Um, in some cases, uh, if you'd like to locate on the beach or right in the mountains, um, there might be a lot of competition. Um, but that one, that doesn't mean you can't be successful there. There certainly are very successful practices in those communities. Um, but there, there are quite a few, um, towns and cities across the country, uh, where there isn't a ton of competition. Um, and the demographics are favorable. Um, and so, um, I, I guess I'm an optimist, um, in that sense, um, that I, I think we can find something for, um, most regions of the country and certainly, um, the more flexible a doctor is willing to be about their location, um, the higher likelihood we have of, um, helping them find a, a really great site. Right. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, is the best thing to do is to get go to your website or email you or call you? Yeah. So, um, of course, they can go to the website. Um, we have chat agents on the website. Um, we also have our contact info on there where you can make um, general inquiries um, to info at dentographics.com. We, of course, have a company line that you can call. Um, and then, um, alternatively, if they'd like to reach me directly, um, my email is Kent, as in my first name, K-E-N-T, at dentographics.com. Perfect. Kent at dentographics.com. We'll include all this information in the chat, you know, the call, the call notes, so people can easily access it. Thank you very much, Kent, for taking the time. Uh, I learned a lot for sure, and I really appreciate uh, what you're doing. I think uh, nobody else is really doing what you're doing, so I think this is a great service for dentists. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Growing Dentist podcast show.